Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about some Pac-12 stuff. This podcast is going to be a little bit on the shorter side um, for a bunch of reasons. I had a I had a busy day today that I had, so I went down this rabbit hole. I had this idea like I was, where to even start. I mean, so when you Look through the the Madden video game, the football video game. You can find like different rosters that people have created. And I thought, huh, I should download one of these college rosters and build the buffs into it and play a game. And it turns out nobody's really built like a good college roster, at least that I could find. And so I just decided I was going to do it myself. And so I wound up spending like three hours building the the buffs, the current buffs into that video game on a roster. Um, and then I did like another three hours doing USC and, um, I played a game and I lost. I was the buffs. It was, uh, I was within seven points though, which was actually better than I expected. Um, but that's how I spent my day and I'm going to figure out what cool thing we can do with that. And I, I think I can build more teams into there, all that. I mean, obviously there's 32 different teams, so you can, put in 32 different college teams. You do like the Pac-12 and then get 20 others. I I don't know. It's uh it's the summer. And so like what am I what am I doing with my time? That's it. Um it was actually kind of fun though. Just to like go through it makes you really think about the guys. You're like what is his short route running? What is his deep route running? Like all those sorts of things. So that was a project for today. And because of that, I'm a little bit short on time now. Because the Avalanche play in an hour and 10 minutes, and I haven't taken a shower. My girlfriend got home today, and uh, she wants to do something, and, like, I don't know, it sounds wrong, but, like, if I go to the bar, and it's just me, and I uh, I don't take, like, sometimes I'll just throw a bunch of deodorant on. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll cover this up, we'll be just fine, we'll get through this, because it's not like I smell awful, but... When my girlfriend's there, it's like, okay, yeah, I should take a shower. I should fix my hair. I should wear clean clothes. Like, those sorts of things. And uh, so, th- point is, hockey game soon. So, we're actually we're going to save the Jabari Walker talk for tomorrow uh, for two reasons. First of all, because I want to be able to spend more time on it. And second of all, because I want to give one more day just for combine analysis to come out. Um, because I was a little bit surprised and there, there are a couple people who've written a couple things, but I wanted to see more on what other people had to say about Jabari and kind of incorporate that into the big Jabari combine podcast. Um, I will say in general, things went well for Jabari. 
things went well for Jabari. On that first game in particular, I think his team won like 181 or something like that. He was his team's leading scorer. He did it efficiently. He's doing all that. So, so we'll, we'll dig into the details because a lot of it isn't just stats. Like the stats are good, but it's also what do you look like out there? What, defense is not a stat, but that is very important, especially for Jabari. So we'll dig into all of that stuff tomorrow. Um, barring some big news that could allow us. No, we got to get that done tomorrow. We got to get that done tomorrow um, because the combine ended today, yesterday. I, it might still technically be going today, but I think it was done yesterday. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's that plan. And if there is some big football news or something like that, which I'm not trying to hint at that, there's no reason to think that there will be, um, then we'll just double up and do a second podcast tomorrow because Tuesday, what do you do on a Tuesday? Um. You build UCLA next? Like, maybe I throw Oregon in there, see if we can beat Oregon. Maybe it's Arizona. See if there's a team that I can beat. But, um, yeah. Uh, jumping in, though, I guess I haven't said this for real, but I want to talk about the Pac-12 and the college football playoff. And we're going to start by talking in broad terms about the, the changes need to happen, how, how they can maximize their odds and those sorts of things, kind of this big picture stuff. But in the second half of this podcast, um, I, actually, I actually made a list, and I haven't published it yet on the website, mostly because I want to edit it one more time because some, sometimes you write something and you're just like, I don't really like this. Like, I don't like what I wrote. And I almost don't want people to see. So it's like, okay, I got to go back through and figure out what what do I do to make it pop? Is it Do I add like a more of a betting angle to it? Is it but this is my problem and not yours. Um, what I did do, though, is I built a list of the most important games of this season for the Pac-12. Well, non-conference games. And, and not even all the non-conference games, just the one at the start of the year. It's like USC plays Notre Dame in the last week of the season. It's like, ah, we're not talking about that. It's it's May, and we're thinking about football that, that comes in September. And, and how that could set the, t- the teams up for the season. But yeah, that's the second half of the podcast. We're going to run through those games, kind of what are the big games, and how those could influence whether the Pac-12 returns to the college football playoff for the first time in quite a freaking while. Um, let's start there. It's been since 2016 that a Pac-12 team has made the... Uh, the college football playoff. That was Washington. That was the Washington team that beat Colorado in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, that's one of two college football playoff teams to come out of the Pac-12 since the college football playoff started in 2014. Um, the other one was Oregon in 2014. So this is a, obviously a very significant dry spell. Uh, the two appearances are the fewest of of any uh any power five conference and um yeah i mean i think we're on the same page things have been not going great i want to talk about why so if you're trying to get teams in the playoff there's a couple things that need to happen and i think the big one that we i think that maybe we've forgotten about from last year is that you need teams that give themselves a chance in non-conference play. And that's why we're tying these two conversations in together. You need teams that come out of non-conference play undefeated. And last year, the Pac-12 only had one of those, and it was Oregon. You know, UCLA could have. They had the awesome win against LSU. They also lost to, I think it was Fresno that they lost to. Can't happen. That can't happen. So that's uh, that's where we start here, is that, 
you need to have teams that are in that conversation for a couple different reasons. Um, and the, the first one is obvious. If you have four teams, five teams even, that are 3-0 and going into conference play, there you go. I mean, then you've got kind of like five horses in the race, right? Where it's like, okay, let's say it's, let's see, say there's five and it's Oregon, it's USC, it's Utah. Um, let's throw UCLA in there. Who has the fifth best odds? Like, like of winning the, going to the college football playoff. Like UCLA has a ridiculous schedule. Let's include UCLA because it has the ridiculously easy schedule. No, we just did that. Oregon, Utah, USC, UCLA. Uh, let's throw Washington in there. Let's throw Washington in there. So say you have all five of those teams that are going into the 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 conference season three and zero, and because of that, you know maybe you lose one the first week, you know, and it's just like oh there goes one. Maybe the next week two play each other, and and another one loses, but then then you still wind up with two undefeated teams through those five weeks. And then, say, those two go on to win two more games each. And then you lose one after that. And then you lose one a couple weeks later. You know, if there's a team that comes out of the Pac-12 with a conference championship and one loss, they're probably going to the college football playoff. The odds would be in their favor. And so that's what you're looking for. And so if you can have all those teams, like, get through the midway point of the season undefeated, get two of them through the midway point of the season undefeated, a couple more with one loss, you're in that ballpark. You're very much in that ballpark. And that's what went wrong last year. Like I said, Oregon was the only undefeated team in conference or in, in non-conference play. All those other teams were just fighting uphill battles. They had to be perfect the rest of the way to have a chance. And that's not that's not the formula. And it it's something that I mean, it, it plays a part in a bunch of different ways. Because obviously on top of that, you know, if you say Washington State, Washington State goes 3-0 and through non-conference play. Well, if Washington State falls off when they get to conference play, that's kind of fine. Like, because nobody expects them to be the team that makes it all the way through. And what they did was make those, those losses that they can hand other teams, you know, say that's a slip-up game for Oregon. Say say Oregon finishes eleven and one with a lost Washington State. If that Washington State loss, you know that uh, that doesn't look so bad because they lost those or they won those first three games. That helps you a whole lot, um, and, and that that also maybe gets in the conversation of you know you you drop a dumb one like that. You play dominant football the rest of the time, win big in the Pac-12 championship, but you're Oregon and you also lose to Georgia. It's like, ah, Georgia's a good team. Maybe you could get in with two losses. You know, and so this whole, like, computer ranking, like, transitive property stuff, that is really, really important. And it hasn't gone the Pac-12's way recently. You know, they've gotten some good wins and and even good results. Like, you know, last year on the same day you had uh, Oregon beat Ohio State. That's a good win. You also had Colorado finish with a three-point loss against Texas A&M. That's a good result. Uh, so, so you do have some of that stuff, but just not consistently. I and mean, there's so many games that are dropped to these Mountain West teams. And, you know, Colorado playing Air Force. I wonder if there's a lineup on that game yet. I'm actually going to check real quick. Um, that's tough. That That's another just you can't be losing those sorts of games. You know, BYU. BYU has caused a lot of trouble for the Pac-12 in the last couple of years. And you just... Can't have no odds for that Colorado Air Force game yet. Um, 
so that's the big thing is you need to have teams that are in position because then again on top of that those teams get ranked you know it's just so nice to have teams in the rankings early in the season who have a chance to to build from there or you know when uh, another team from outside the rankings beats them well guess what now are they ranked oh Colorado they they lost to TCU they beat Air Force in Minnesota um, they they go in, they win their first game of the conference season. I'm totally blanking on who that is, which is terrible. Um, I think, is it Arizona, Arizona State, something like that? But say they win that one, and, and it's against a team that's ranked, well, boom, easy to justify them into the rankings, you know? So there's just all these things build together. And starting hot would be so valuable. And I think the Pac-12 probably exceeded expectations last year in the early going. But they didn't get back to what they need to be to actually be in position as a Power 5 conference. You know, to be in the position you should be in as a Power 5 conference. To, to have a real chance to, to say, like, okay, let's pull it together for these these couple games here. Hey, Oregon, just make sure you don't drop the game to Utah. We think we can get you in, you know? So, I know this might not be, like, the most coherent thoughts I'm putting together. But I really do think that... It, it, we need to emphasize the the non-conference games more, um, you know, because that's been what's kind of driven a lot of the the trouble that the Pac-12 has had recently. Is they lose those games, see, so they don't get the benefit of the doubt. You know, you talk about the middle class just kind of eats itself in the Pac-12. The reason it eats itself is because half those teams are dropping games to Mountain West teams before the season. And so when they beat uh, Washington, yes, they just Washington, it it looks like a terrible loss for Washington. And so I do think that the the number one thing that the Pac-12 has to do to get to the college football playoff is start winning the non-conference games. Um, It's kind of simple, obviously. Like, I'm not the first one to say it. But I do think that, it, it it is worth repeating at this point, and that is why we're about to go through and rank which of those games are the most important for the uh, for the Pac-12 this season. I guess I, real quick before we get into that, um, Ripple's incredible. If you're uh, if you're interested in a fast acting dissolvable, Ripple's for you. It hits two times faster than the leading gummy. Uh, it starts absorbing within ten minutes. It's a, it's a consistent experience every single time. And the the cool part of it is that you can make anything inedible with it. It's just this flavorless, odorless powder. You just pour it in your food, pour it in a drink, put it straight on your tongue. Uh, there's no sketchy science. It was studied by Colorado State in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people. The results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. If you're trying to pick it up, go to Colorado's premier dispensary. That's Lightshade with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location is now open. It's a block off of 6th and Federal. It's the biggest Lightshade store of specialty products. They're not offered at other locations. Um, they offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. Uh, and podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DMVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Also, Breckenridge Brewery. I'm head of the DMVR bar. I'm not sure if it's going to be a seltzer night. Girlfriend likes seltzers. I I do too. But I, I've been drinking a lot of avalanches because of the avalanche playoffs. So 
it's going to be a, a game time decision there, but it will be Breckenridge because it's always Breckenridge because it's the best stuff. It might be a seltzer night. Get a bucket of seltzers. Buckets are so nice during hockey games in particular, especially like when it gets kind of crowded in there. I'm a little bit worried. You know, we have that booth in the corner that we usually take. Somebody better have it tonight because I'm not showing up until like five minutes before the game starts. And I might be I might be standing tonight. I might be staying tonight. But I'll be fine standing with Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, DraftKings. DraftKings has awesome promotions all the time. Right now you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win its next game. You'll get $150 in free bets if you're right. On top of the winnings you get from that bet. Um, they also have a same-game parlay insurance right now. You put together a same-game parlay. This isn't just for new users. They will refund you or give you a free bet worth up to $25 if you miss your same-game parlay by one leg. It does have to be three legs. So, you know, say tonight the the Avalanche win, the Avalanche score the first goal, and Nathan McKinnon scores. Say so hit two of those three, get your money back in the form of a free bet if you're wrong. It's an awesome promotion, uh, and so is the new user promotion. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. You'll get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, into these games. And we'll uh, we'll go reverse order because, I mean, that's always the most dramatic way to do things. Um, and we get to start with the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, the 10th most important game in the Pac-12 this season, or non-conference game in the beginning of the season. There's a lot of qualifiers here. Colorado at Minnesota. So, um, this obviously, Pac-12 versus Big Ten, these are the sorts of games that can kind of define things, especially when you're talking like the middle, lower class of, of these conferences. It's this thing we're talking about, where if Colorado beats Washington this season in a season where Washington winds up being close to a college football playoff, whatever, it's going to hurt Washington a lot more if Colorado gets blown out by Minnesota, which is possible because we saw it last year. This is one where, again, if you flip that around and Colorado beats Minnesota, Minnesota is able to pull something off against Ohio State. Hey, that could be the difference between Ohio State getting in with two losses or not. You know, there's there's just all these little things that interconnect, and these middle-class games can kind of be the deciding part you know you look at the the big dogs when the big dogs play the big dogs and those do carry more weight and we'll get to those later on in this list but these are kind of the bulk of these crossover games and because of that they're they're very important um Arizona Mississippi State you know this is this one's a big test I think Arizona there's a chance that this year Arizona is just a problem for the Pac-12 you know, if that's if they're a bad team, and there's a good chance that they are, you know, they they ended that 20 game losing streak last year. They could be a really bad team again, but they might have turned the corner to to being ah, they're they're bad, but they're a real college football team. You know, they 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 belong in the in Division One football, right? Like like they might make it to that point. And if they do that and they steal a couple games and they wind up, you know, three and nine with three wins, those wins are going to be really really ugly 
or I guess the losses on the other side are going to be really, really ugly for those teams. Um, and if you can get them, it, get some respect for them, have, have national media look at them and say, okay, they have turned the corner. They are on the upswing. They're not there yet, but there is something to build off of. That would really help. And the Mississippi State game obviously would go a long way there. This is um, this is going to be a widespread, but you know that that air raid, the Mike Leach air raid. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you know that there's going to be a lot of points scored. You know that Arizona is going to have a chance to put up a lot of points. You've got Jaden Delora in there now. Can you make something happen? Can you keep up? Weird things happen in these air raid games, and so. Nothing's off the tables, we'll say. You know, upsetting an SEC team? Not going to pick that for the Arizona Wildcats, but who knows? Who knows? It's worth watching for sure. And it would go a long way for the conference. Um, number eight, Arizona State at Oklahoma State. And this, I, I think there might be a little bit of a tier change here. You know, those bottom two games, eh, these, these next ones, these are, these are more important. And, and you get more important as you go along. There's, the last two are the big ones. Um... Look at the Big 12 right now, and there aren't a lot of good teams. You know, Oklahoma's going to be the favorite, and Oklahoma should be the favorite. They're, they lost their coach. They lost their quarterback. There's a lot of turnover. We'll see what happens, right? Outside of that, you know, you have a couple teams that could have just magical seasons. It's possible. You know, Iowa State was close last year. But Iowa State, Oklahoma State, you really don't extend the list out past that all that much. And that's where if we're talking college football playoff-wise, making sure that the Big 12 doesn't get one of those teams in is very valuable. If you can say, oh, the Big 12 gets a team in, that's only possible if it's Oregon. Or, sorry, Oklahoma. Then uh, that that's a good place to be. And Arizona, kinda, or Arizona State kind of has a chance to do that when they play Oklahoma State. Again, they're not they're not going to be favored in this game. They shouldn't be. They also had a bunch of turnover last year. They're missing a bunch of guys. I think they're going to be bad. They might be worse than Arizona. However, we're talking about the importance of these games. This is a very important game. Um, there, there's a chance to have kind of a direct college football playoff impact. You know, there's, I think there's a world in which Arizona State wins this game and Oklahoma State finishes ten and two. You know. And if you're trying to sneak Oregon in, Utah in, whatever, that matters. That matters. Um, Cal at Notre Dame. This one sneaks up in front for, again, like the Notre Dame independent thing. You can just knock them off early, and we don't have to worry about that. It seems like half the seasons we've had the college football playoff, it's like, ah, is Notre Dame scheduled good enough? Oh, they lost two games, but they do whatever. That sort of thing. Cal beats them. It's going to be really tough for Notre Dame to bounce back from that. Again, Cal is a good defense, but uh, again, it's very much an uphill battle here. Um, yeah, I think that's most of my thoughts there. Um, again, it's the same crossover stuff. A win over Notre Dame is valuable just because everybody plays. If you win against Cal, it looks even better. If you lose against Cal, it doesn't look so bad. Um, Fresno State at USC. So USC has, um, well, here's what they have. They have Rice in week one, which is an automatic win. They have Fresno State in week two, which should be a win. And in week three, they have the conference game against Stanford. 
They actually end the season with Notre Dame, which is a big non-conference game that would have made this list if we were looking at those. And so because they only have Rice in that first game, this Fresno State game is really the one that you look at and say, if you can beat Fresno State, which you absolutely should, you're going to be 2-0 and in non-conference play going into the season. It's solid. That's solid. That's what you're looking for. I mean, again, I'm not betting on USC. I'm not betting on any of these teams to make the college football playoff. But I mean, USC, Oregon, and Utah are really the three that have a real chance. With Washington, maybe something crazy happens. Um, Fresno State, like I said, upset UCLA last year, and that really put a damper on their season. They're capable of doing that. USC needs to be able to hold on. It's Rice, again, you're going to win. This is your first sort of real test new coach new quarterback new just about everything and and they're lucky they have kind of this easy start because that's a lot of turnover and it's going to take some time to adjust they've got to be sharp for week two to be able to to do what they should do against fresno um that's a big game that you know when we're talking about can you get teams through undefeated usc is one of the very few candidates um number five Washington State at Wisconsin. Uh, this is a 14.5-point spread. <laughs> Obviously, Wisconsin's favored. Um, but Washington State's a good team. I, I think even I have I have not given them enough credit. You know, they're 7-5 and five last year. Obviously, that's really solid. Um, but they were close in a couple others. You know, they have the upset against Utah State. It's like, how are you losing to this Mountain West team? And they wind up losing that by three points. I think they, they lost another non-conference game against a non-power school. But that easily could have been an eight-win, nine-win, ten-win season. And you wonder if they can build off it. Obviously, they lose Jaden DeLora. Um, we'll, we'll see. They, they brought in that uh, it's Cam Ward, I believe is his name, from Incarn- Incarnate Word. He could be the best quarterback in the Pac-12. I think there's a chance. Um, I'm not going to bet on it. I think there's, again, you, you're stepping up a big level. I think there's a good chance he's also in the bottom half of the league. If if they kind of catch some magic there, why couldn't they pull off an upset? Especially against a Wisconsin team that, unless you're really soft up front, they're not putting up big numbers on you. You know, if they can bowl you over and just run for 400 yards, yeah, they're they're going to be in the 30s. If if you can just play semi decent defense against Wisconsin, and you're you're pulling off some explosive plays, which is totally possible with a new dual threat quarterback, this game is very winnable. And honestly, I'm I'm tempted to bet Washington State plus fourteen and a half right now, um, although a win is bold. the The other piece of this though is that I believe they have a an easier start to the season here, and if they if they win this one. Then they should be three and zero and going through, um, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, next up, number four, BYU at Oregon. We got Oregon on here twice. This one is. This one's number one. This is the week one. Um, so so Oregon starts at BY or start at home against BYU. First game for Bo Nix. No, is that true? That might be backwards. Let me double-check this. Um, either way, obviously a big game. BYU loves the games against the Pac-12 teams. They're really annoying about it. Um, I think Oregon should be just fine in this game. But this is... I mean, if we're, if we're putting USC against Fresno State on the list, I think you probably should be more worried 
about this opponent for Oregon. Um, BYU is a tough team. Um, oh, sorry. This is taking forever to load. I thought it was ready. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, so this is actually week three. So you got to get through the other game, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but this would be to not only not only finish 3-0 and in non-conference play, but to have two very good wins. You know, if... if if Oregon finishes non-conference play three and zero, I bet the they they're easily ranked in the top five. Easily ranked in the top five. And we'll talk about why that is in just a, just a couple seconds. Um, next up, though, number three on the list: Michigan State at Washington. Um, this will be a fun one. You know, did Mel Tucker get a little bit lucky? What is he without Kenneth Walker? A lot of questions with Michigan State. Even more questions with Washington, though. Um, obviously they, they've, they really struggled last year, weren't great the year before that. They've got a little bit of, they've got some work to do. Um, bring in Michael Penix from Indiana, the quarterback there, uh, bring in Kalen DeBoer, who's a great offensive mind as a head coach. I think they can turn it around quickly. They have the talent to do that. They have a couple pieces on defense. Again, the college football playoff, eh, they're probably a year away at least, but to beat Michigan State, absolutely. Um, Michigan State is a three and a half point favorite in this one. Um, so this will this will be interesting though because you you know both these teams think that they're capable. Washington maybe a little bit less so. Michigan State feeling good after what happened last season despite a couple of slip ups at the end. Um, but again, we're talking. This is kind of the upper middle class of these conferences. This will this this will play a part, you know. If Washington beats Michigan State, Michigan State beats Ohio State and Michigan. Oh boy, where does that leave us? You know, so big game, absolutely. Number two, Utah at Florida. Um, this is this is a week one game. Utah is. It, are they the best bet for the college football playoff in the Pac-12? They might be. They might be. It's just so hard to choose them. Like it feels like if you're to bet finishing in the top ten, it's like yeah, I'll that that'd be my team to bet that. But do they have the juice to get over the top? We'll see. Um, Florida obviously going with a young gun at quarterback, big guy, big arm. Um, this is a challenge. This is a big challenge. But if Utah wins again, like Oregon, there's a top ten ranking for sure, and potentially. Uh, there's a top 10 ranking. We'll say there's a top 10 ranking, and I don't think it's going to be 10. Um, that's going to be so much fun. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, and then the the most important game for the Pac-12 this season, Oregon at Georgia. And this is actually a neutral site game. Neut- neutral being Dallas. So, I mean, we'll, we know which way that'll lean. But that's, um, again, I mean, Oregon beat Ohio State last year. So you know that it's possible. Georgia's coming off the national championship. How many guys did they lose? I mean, they lost like five first-round draft picks, and that's just the first-round draft picks. So what is Georgia in week one of this season? Who knows? And I like that Oregon's getting them in week one and not after they get a chance to kind of rebalance themselves. Now, Oregon also brings in Bo Nix, the new quarterback. A little scary, but also a massive upgrade over what they had before. So... Uh, I think this is a 16.5-point spread, which I, I think I like. I think I like. That's just so many points. But you, you see why it's happening. Um, if Oregon wins that one, though, and Utah wins at Florida in that first week, that would be a lot of fun. And there will be a lot of doors open for the Pac-12 this season. Um, so there we go. 
I think that does it. I've got to take a shower, and I've got to throw some garbage away. It's weird how that piles up. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go get sushi. And you're like, oh, I just need some chips and queso. And then, uh, not sure what that one is, but then you wind up with, like, three bags here, and you spilled some soy sauce, and it's like, ah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my next 10 minutes, and then I've got this shower, and I've got to get to this game, and I'm going to get a massive chicken sandwich and a massive beer at the DMVR bar, and I could not be more excited. Um, and also the abs. Abs have a chance to almost settle this. Please, everybody, stay healthy. Please, everybody, stay healthy. We don't need any of these dirty whatever because there's drama. The drama's fun. Just don't let it lead to anybody getting hurt. Um, that'll do it for today. I'll uh, I'll be back tomorrow talking about Jabari. I'll figure out something fun to do with these rosters. I'm committed now. I feel like I just have to build 32 teams. They take three hours each. That's 96 hours. That makes it sound like more. That's a full-time job for two and a half weeks. Maybe we'll make it a part-time job for a month. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We can at least get the Pac-12 built. That's 36 hours. That's much better. Um, again, finally, this will do it for today. We'll be uh, we'll be back soon.